Hi, I'm Holly. And I'm Danielle, and you're listening to the Spooky Hour. Wee! I apologize <laughs> now because I moved my recording room again. Um, so I'm sitting in my basement on the floor. <laughs> and if it's echoey, I'm sorry. <laughs> So for those of you who don't know Danielle as well as I know Danielle, she likes to move things frequently. Like it's not just her recording station. It's like her living room gets removed or moved around like once a month. Her kitchen gets moved around once a month. Yeah. I don't know if you've moved around the bedroom since you've been there. Probably. No, because I can't. Well, some of it, mo- like the dressers and stuff. I can't move the bed though because our bed, our rooms are too small and our bed's oh. too big. <laughs> but she's one of those like you know one of those the room changers i'm like those crazy bitches that just can't <laughs> settle on one thing wait riley does that too and she is this a sagittarius thing yo it could be because riley does that too she renovates her room like once a month and it's insane i don't have the energy i don't even make my bed you know oh my god <laughs> the amount of time like i'm sitting down here and i'm like i think i could like move the tv over and like, catch <laughs> And, like, I tried to get Stuart to put the TV on the wall in the living room. He's like, I'm not doing that. And I was like, why? And he's like, because you're just going to take it down. He's like, once it's there, it's there. Like, you cannot move it. And you move this room around way too much. It's not happening. I am very rarely Team Stuart. <laughs> but you're Team Stuart. And that's but today not, I'm Team Stuart. That's not fair. <laughs> I'm sorry. I do not approve. Oh, that's so funny. He's right, though. I'm sorry. I know. I know he's right, but, like, I'm never going to tell him that. <laughs> <laughs> let's hope he never ever listens to this episode he doesn't oh by the way thanks for the cupcake speaking of Stuart. oh you're you, welcome I did just, you eat one not yet but Stuart called and he's like so i got you cupcakes i'm like no you didn't <laughs> <laughs> yeah i didn't even let him get in the door yeah <laughs> i bought them this morning at like 7 50 a.m so i'm taking whatever credit i can get yeah because yeah, holly so holly sent me sent Stuart home with cupcakes for me and I, Stuart called me after work and he was like, I brought home cupcakes. But then Holly texted me like an hour before. He's like, <laughs> she's like, yeah, he's going to take credit. I'm the one who sent home cupcakes yeah. to you. <laughs> Those are from me. Yeah. Stuart said uh, one of our coworkers made a joke about like him taking credit. And he's like, no, I can't do that because like they record a podcast and Holly's going to tell her tonight. And I was like, oh, tonight I'm a texter right now. Yeah. <laughs> you think I'm going to wait? Uh-uh. You're getting cupcakes, bitch. <laughs> They're really sweet, but they're really, like, soft, and they're good. I'm excited. Shout out to Metro. Metro. (laughs) I fucking hate Metro, though. They're so expensive. (laughs) Their cupcakes were on sale, though. (laughs) I saw that. I was like, ooh, they're on sale. (laughs) I saw that orange Uh, sticker. It worked out really well. Uh, I'm on the social committee at work, if anybody's wondering why I'm buying cupcakes at 7 o'clock in the morning on a Thursday. Why the fuck not? (laughs) I'm an adult. I make my own choices. Yeah. Also, sorry for missing last week. Danielle just was danielle it happens so just, you know i don't even have an excuse for it anymore i just i needed a week off guys that's it it happens i, I think i posted just because life yeah because <laughs> it's literally life you're just tired because life life and it's our podcast and we'll do what we want to but thank you for being patient with us yeah we do appreciate that but our hundredth episode is coming up <gasps> and we have procrastinated we did <laughs> we had this huge plan out and then covid hit again and now we're kind of just like we're trying to figure some shit out because we can't do shit indoors. So, well, we... 150 is a big one too, right? <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> See you in two years. <laughs> That's so funny. Uh, we'll do, we'll figure something out. I found like a kind of funny one, but we'll, I don't know, maybe we'll just get really drunk and that'll be the episode. <laughs> Literally. We might get drunk and run in a graveyard or something. Uh, but yeah, thanks for being patient with us. Uh, we'll probably do that a lot, to be honest, just because life, you know? Yeah. It happens. It does. And I'm going back to work soon, like you. Uh, honestly, I was thinking about that today. I, I was thinking about, like, you driving home and then having to, like... Like, when I get home from work, I lay in bed for, like, a good 45 minutes. You're going to have to, like, keep a baby alive. Yeah. That's exhausting. So I foresee, like, a summer vacation. <laughs> Absolutely. A little, a little summer breaky-poo. Well, we have September. No, I mean, like, when you go back to work, so you go back in the summer. Oh, like, I'm just gonna take the whole summer off? We'll figure it out. I was, I meant, like, a week or two, but geez. <laughs> oh, I only have a week of vacation left. That's, I should have started out. No, well. like, the podcast, Danielle. Oh. <laughs> I thought you meant, like, me. <laughs> oh, God. This is a great She's start. had two sips of wine. <laughs> I have. It tastes like grape juice, though. I really want to try it. Um... All right. I have nothing to rent. Rent. 
I don't have to rent anything rant either. About <laughs> nothing. Um, I guess we'll just get started. Let's do Should it. Should we do the thing? Let's do it. Um, so this case is kind of funny. Like I really, it made me laugh, and I know that's really weird to say, but I hope it makes you guys laugh because I've never heard of anything like this before. So watch it not be funny, and Holly's just a dick. Well, it's just kind of so. Let me let me. No, explain it. It's, just it's really not funny. funny, like, haha, like, you're not going to laugh out loud at it, but it's just kind of like, I don't know. How it's, else I do you laugh funny. besides haha? Well, hee hee. I can't say L- <laughs> L's. LOLs. LOL. It's more of like a. I don't know. The a, it's a, we're just going we're, we're to talk about it. That's what it is. It's <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Guys, we have. The- I even have an excuse. I'm not. Tr- I am stone though. You guys, we have the Easter um, Bunny on the, the podcast this weekend. Oh shit! <laughs> it is Easter. It is Easter. Hmm. Um, I'm sorry. I- no, it's fine. I just can't. It's not funny. Like ha ha. Like it's not like a joke funny, but it is funny. Okay, let me have it. Okay, I'm so, letting you have it. We're gonna talk about a guy named Bernie Teed. I forgot how to look up. Or forgot how to look up his uh, last name, so we're gonna call him Bernie Teed. You forgot um, how to look up stuff. Or yeah, I forgot, forgot how to Google things. <laughs> I forgot how to human. We're just gonna go with that. I was gonna say I always had a week. So I have I've had a fucking <laughs> a fucking brutal week. Work sucks. I know. <laughs> Guys, just just exit out of this podcast right now. Just click the little X in the top corner. And okay. Then, yeah. I think we got it. I think we could do this. So. He was called Texas's most beloved murderer. And I How thought that fuck? was the funny part. Exactly. Okay. What? So Bernie was a mortician who lived two hours outside of Dallas, Texas, in a little small town that I forgot to name up here, but I name it again down there. Um, so he was well liked <laughs> in the small town, uh, despite people describing him as, quote, light on his loafers. Um, I had to Google this. Apparently, this means they thought he was gay. Really? And, uh, yeah, I've never heard that before. He's Light on his loafers. Um, I assume it's like a prancing reference. Like, that's what I'm getting from it. Um, like, I'm just but, thinking of like like someone like skipping. Yeah, exactly. That um, makes you... What? Okay. So a lot of people were like, we kind of knew he was gay, but we liked him anyways because Texas, you know, isn't known for being fond of the gays. Wow, you like uh, a human being? Wow. Yeah, I know. Revolutionary. Um so yeah, Bernie did all of the funerals in this town, and it kind of sounds like he was the jack of all trades. So he would prep the bodies, he coordinated the funerals, uh, he hosted the funerals, and he was even known to sing at them. So he was just kind of like the one-stop shop for funerals. To get like a uh, he was, it, I hope so. Right, like a like a, a he bundled... worked there for like a long time, like ten, fifteen years, I think. Like a bundled package. A bundled package. They do actually. Have a bundled package. Do they actually? <laughs> yeah. Wow. They're not okay. great. It's fucking expensive. Um, yeah. Blah. Uh, so he was really comforting to the families and he made the experience as pleasant as that can be for people. And this is how he met 81 year old Marjorie Nugent. So Bernie, who was 38 at the time, assisted Marge in the planning of her husband's funeral in 1990. The two became friends and Marge leaned on Bernie during her time of grief and sickness. She was just kind of like ailing in her old age. Like she was just kind of falling apart, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, They formed a strange bond and quickly grew inseparable. Bernie moved into Marge's house a year later and she had her son removed from her will in order to leave uh, her $5 million estate to her beloved Bernie. Two years later, Bernie quit his job to serve Marge full time as her quote, personal assistant. Um, so the townsfolk were thoroughly invested. I, how do I get this life? (laughs) Apparently Um, you need to be a mortician. Yeah. That's not going to (laughs) fly. Uh, the townsfolk were uh, thoroughly invested in the relationship. They couldn't figure out, one, if they were dating, and two, how Bernie could stand to be around a woman who was so foul. Um, Marge was known to be, quote, haughty and crotchety, which means, like, a real big crust, basically. Okay. Um, I just wanted to leave that in there because I liked those words. Uh, Bernie was this like really sweet, lovable guy that everybody in the neighborhood loved. He was kind of like the face of the town without being like a mayor or anything. And the pairing just didn't make sense because she was just like crusty and miserable. Um, in November 1996, uh, people in the town started realizing they hadn't seen Marge in a hot minute. Uh, Bernie would tell them stories about how she was ill or away on vacation without him. And that worked for a little while. 
During the following months, Bernie started spending money like a madman. He donated upwards of $500,000 to local churches. Uh, he would buy cars for families in the town that he lived in. And he bought himself a fucking airplane just because. Um, Honestly, same. <laughs> yeah. Finally, in August of 1997, Marge's estranged son reported her missing after being unable to contact her. How long um, this was? Like, how long did it go on for? just shy of a year oh wow okay so pretty i'm not gonna count but it's just shy of a year um so police arrived at the home to do a a wellness check at the request of marge's son but bernie uh when they arrived bernie quickly confessed that he knew where marge was bernie had shot marge back in november 1996 and kept her body in the freezer where it still was on that day he told police that marge had become quote very hateful very possessive over my life evil and wicked and that her daily torture had caused him to snap. He took a twenty-two caliber rifle that was kept in the home and shot her four times in the back. Um, sorry, I scrolled too far again. Witness statements back this theory to an extent. So people claim that Marge was just awful to Bernie. She was manipulative and cruel. Uh, Bernie told investigators that he couldn't leave her because he was her only friend and also because he was afraid of her. Um, so he was worried that she would try to ruin his reputation in the town if he ever left her because she would threaten to, like, say that he hurt her or something if he ever left. Mm-hmm. Um, <coughs> sorry, I haven't talked this much in a really long time. <laughs> You're like, what is going on? After his arrest, his neighborhood rallied around him and tried to get the police to drop the charges. Uh, they all thought that Marge was horrible to everybody and that Bernie was a kind man driven to kill by her abuse. The outcry was so loud. He still loud killed that the, someone, though. He still killed someone, but it was like they literally wanted it to, the charges dropped. That's fair. That's how much they hated this woman. And that's what I thought was funny. It was, yeah, it was like, like, imagine your town hating you that much that someone admitted to your murder and they're like, nah, let him the, go. They're like, it's fine. <laughs> vigilante justice Um, so the outcry was so loud that the district attorney had to have the trial moved to a different county to avoid bias in the jury like no one would stand (laughs) on the jury um so during his trial bernie told the court that he didn't mean to kill her and that he had never planned to he testified that he loved marge despite describing life with her as quote being in prison to some degree being smothered Uh, He told the jurors that he doesn't really know what happened, and he said he felt as though he was watching himself pick up the gun in a, I'm going to struggle with this word so hard, a dissociative state, which he did mention in his initial confession in interviews as well. Um, Unfortunately for Bernie and the people of Carthage, Texas, where he was from, the jury took all of 90 minutes to find Bernie guilty of murder. Two days later, he was sentenced to life in prison. As he was escorted from the sentencing hearing, um, protesters were like outside the building and they could be heard screaming, we love you, Bernie. Oh, my Um, God. (laughs) So this sounds like the end of the case, but it's not. Um, In 2011, a movie came out called Bernie starring Jack Black. Uh, it was a dark comedy and was well-received by critics and viewers. In case you haven't caught on, it was about Bernie. Um, so the movie painted him as a victim of Marge's abuse who snapped and rid the world of evil. Uh, and then once again, like, the his supporters started, like, trying to talk to the media and stuff, being like, let him out, let him out. Um, so a criminal defense attorney, I guess, saw the movie or saw the hype around the movie. Uh, her name was Jody Cole, and she contact- contacted the director of the movie, Richard Linklater. Link ladder, link later. This guy sounds good. And um, <laughs> she told him that she wanted a copy of Bernie's first trial uh, transcripts. She wanted to dig into the case because she couldn't wrap her head around how such a kind, well-loved man could commit such a crime with no previous history of violence. He had no charges. He didn't have anything like petty from his teenage years. He was just a nice dude. Um, so Richard put her in contact with Bernie, and he agreed to let Jody represent him. During her investigation, Jody discovered some items that had been removed from Bernie's home after his arrest. Um, among these items were four books on childhood sexual abuse, kind of like the like healing your inner child type of books okay. and stuff. Um, so she went to visit Bernie in jail to find out why he had these books. And after some convincing from Jody, he confessed that he had endured years of sexual abuse at the hands of his uncle throughout his childhood, and he had never told anyone about it. 
So Jody called in a well-known forensic psychiatrist from Houston, Richard Pesikoff, to interview Bernie. Um, in Dr. Pesikoff's report, he concluded that Bernie had, quote, an ability to repress and compartmentalize the abuse events from childhood and adolescence and was, quote, ultimately overwhelmed by the repeated and extensive psychological abuse he suffered from Ms. Nugent. Um, he wrote that on the night of the murder in November 1996, Bernie lost control of himself and experienced a, quote, psychological dissociative experience uh, in which he felt as if he were floating outside of his body. So he basically, in layman's terms, said that Bernie had a mental break due to, like, years of repressed trauma. And then because she's moment. so evil and vile, yeah. it kind of brought it all back. Yeah. Out. Apparently she said something mean about one of his friends that night and he just like completely snapped. Honestly saying um, if anyone says anything mean about Holly, I'll probably snap. <laughs> <laughs> Ditto. Um, I wouldn't just shoot them. That would be a lot more brutal. Um, <laughs> you don't need this finger, right? Snip. <laughs> um, at FBI, we're kidding. Jody but brought are these we? findings. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> it's like a family guy joke. Like, but are we? Yeah. yeah. I know, but are we? Um, so Jody know. brought these findings to the district attorney who asked uh, the psychiatrist from the first trial to question Bernie again. So in the first trial, this other guy, Dr. Grippen, uh, he testified that Bernie was in his right mind after the murder. However, after speaking to Bernie about the alleged childhood trauma, he changed his mind and agreed that Bernie was suffering a dissociative episode, uh, which goes against what he said in the trial. Yeah. So Jody quickly filed... Uh, a motion for a new sentencing hearing for Bernie stating that if the jury had known about Bernie's past trauma and dissociative episode, he would have received a lighter sentence. So she wasn't necessarily trying to get him off, but just like a reduced sentence. Yeah. Um, So the state attorney agreed and he actually ended up filing an affidavit uh, stating that had he known about the abuse, he would have prosecuted Bernie under the sudden passion code, which would have resulted in a max of 20 years instead of the life sentence that Bernie received. Um, So in May of 2014, a judge revoked the original life sentence and released Bernie on bond until the Texas Court of Criminal Appeals decided whether or not he was going to have a new sentencing trial. So he was in jail for 16 years and nine months, and then he left prison and moved into the guest house of Richard, who directed the film about him. Wow. Uh, He remained a free man for two whole years before having to return to court. So he was out for two years Um, and everybody was like so stoked that he was out. Like it was like a huge positive thing in people's minds. And the director Um, was like, yeah, just come live with me. Yeah, literally. I don't know if it, I think it was in Texas still because they said that he was like still around the town and stuff. Okay. But I imagine that the director of a wildly successful Jack Black movie probably lived nicely, you know? I would assume so. (laughs) So uh, the judge once again had to move the trial to the East Texas town of Henderson because they could not find an unbiased jury in Carthage again. Uh, The trial began on April 6, 2016 and lasted three long weeks. More than 80 witnesses took the stand in defense of Bernie, including both psychiatrists who had interviewed him and several members of the community. Witnesses told the court about Bernie's life over the past two years as a free man. So he had gone to work for nonprofit organizations who helped improve living living conditions for prison inmates. He joined the church choirs in not one, but two churches. He dressed up as Santa on Christmas to pass out presents to children at church. He attended therapy once a week and he lived a completely sober life. So all in all, he did better than I am. <laughs> <laughs> you go, Bernie. But good for him. Uh, so witnesses argued that there was no reason to send a man like this back to prison and like god i hate to say it but like i kind of agree like he served just shy of 17 years and then he was released and like did so much to church like that's all he did like i it's a weird case um so on the other side of the court the prosecution brought forward members of marge's family and uh her very her very small friend group painted her as a sweet shy old lady she only came across as rude because she was shy and kept to herself yo i actually yo i can see that i am like that yeah i know how many times i got called a bitch just because i was quiet same yeah yeah so i i i'm like that also (laughs) i mean like who knows with this girl but like that's that's valid that is yeah 
Um, so they claim that Bernie was just after her money and they had some proof to back this up. So a financial investigator from the attorney general's office revealed that Bernie had transferred $3 million from Marge's account into his own during the time that they were living together. So like leading up to the murder, um, he had invested in local businesses and allegedly forged documents to make it seem like he was depositing profits to Marge. Uh, they also allege that he was keeping some of the millions in an account in Sweden where they believed he would flee if he was uh, cleared of all the charges. Uh, the defense countered this by claiming that Marge told Bernie to spend all of her money. And they actually had a witness. So a local businessman, he was like anonymous. Uh, he was close to Marge and he testified that she had told him that she hoped Bernie would spend, quote, every dime of her wealth before she died so that she wouldn't have to leave anything to her son. Cause I Did guess she, she like hate her, her son? Yeah. I don't know the drama there, but they like hadn't talked in like decades. Wow. So yeah, she's bitter. <laughs> like, fuck you. <laughs> So, yeah, they say that Marge basically told him to spend everything, and so he did. I love that. And he didn't do it, like, he didn't buy drugs, he didn't buy guns. He just put it back in the town. Yeah, he invested, I think one of them was, like, like an airplane training company thing. Yeah. Uh, There was, like, local stores that he invested into. Like, it seemed, like, wholesome. (laughs) It's very bizarre. I'm I'm fucking so Team Bernie. Um, So on the last day of the trial, the prosecution called their own hired psychiatrist to the stand. Uh, His name was Dr. Arambula. And he had interviewed Bernie a few weeks uh, before the trial started, but he had come to a different conclusion than the previous two. He claimed that there could be no connection found between Bernie's sexual abuse and the murder. In a direct quote, he said Bernie, quote, seemed to have gotten over his episodes of sexual abuse. Okay. So he seems reputable. Um, So the doctor stated that Bernie showed signs of narcissism and antisocial personality, which led him to believe that there was no guarantee that Bernie wouldn't kill again. And I just think that's a crock of shit. I think the defense just kind of was like, sorry, the prosecution was just kind of like, yo, make this guy sound worse than he is. Because like, there's no other signs of this anywhere. They were kind of probably just like grasping at straws and were like, let's just get somebody that will be like, this is a lie. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so in her closing arguments, Jody uh, described his past abuse as, quote, chronic and heartbreaking. And she continued, quote, Bernie got put in jail for life for having a mental break. We didn't understand then what happened to him, but we have a better picture now. Uh, she asked the jury to sentence him to either time served, which would be 17 years at this point, or to add three more years in prison, making it an even 20 under the sudden passion code, uh, which is what the the district attorney i think said it should have been under mm-hmm. um so her last statement was quote we are asking that he be able to re-enter society after a tragic incident he is healed and will be- bring good things to people's lives um four hours later the jury returned to the courtroom to announce a guilty verdict after the verdict was read marge's granddaughter shanna read a victim impact statement she said quote you took my grandmother's life and you stole her money you sir are nothing to me um, and after that, his sentence was read and it was once again, life in prison or 99 years. Uh, they have tried to appeal with no luck so far. And as of 2021, Bernie was incarcerated at the Texas Department of Criminal Justice in Kennedy, Texas. Uh, he will not be eligible per- for parole until August 3rd, 2029. Jesus Christ. So, like, I'm kind of team Bernie. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I just feel like I kind of liked the like add three years. Yeah. Because like he fucking killed someone. He can't get around that. Yeah. He did it. But and he hit her in like that. a freezer in like for like a year. <laughs> so I mean, I, it's so hard because it's like a brutal crime. But like, but like there's people out there that have like literally gone out and murdered people and served like thirteen years. And there's cases like that. Yeah. Uh, what's her face? Works with children now. Carla Homoka. Fucking Carla Homoka, you dumb yeah. fucking C-word. She gets to work with children, then Bernie should get to be Santa at Christmas. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. She killed her sister. But yeah, I'm very interested in opinions on this one. Because I just... I've never seen a case where the townspeople were like, fuck yeah, kill that bitch. Like, yeah, like... <laughs> <laughs> never seen that before. I want to live in a town like that, to be honest. Imagine that, <laughs> that's such a small town. They're like, fuck this girl. Everybody was just like, well, Marge died? Eh. eh. Like, <laughs> she's missing? Eh. Eh. <laughs> no one just wonders. They're just like, wow. 
This and year has like been so peaceful. I the only reason her son checked on her was like, yo, did she die? Can I have her money? Yet? Yeah. Like- <laughs> also, um, the granddaughter. Also, yeah. your the victim impact statement. How old was she? When- she was in her 20s, I think. 20s or 30s. When like, she- older. When she died or when she did the victim impact statement? I don't know. Okay. I'm going to guess. So, Marge was 82, I think, when she died. So her son would be probably like 50s, 60s ish, which would make his children like okay. Because I was like teens, twenties. How the fucking young was? Because like I was pretty young. I just think it's interesting because like if her father was estranged, then how not make her also (laughs) estranged? Like did she talk to her grandma? Right. And like how did she like alter your life if like you didn't have any communication with her? Yeah. I think someone else just wants grandma's money. Yeah, seriously. Her dad's just like, be petty. Be yeah. Petty. <laughs> but yeah, I, I really thought that case was funny. And I'm interested in opinions because free Bernie. <laughs> I was going to say, there's a lot of great people named Bernie in this world. <laughs> he is one of them. <laughs> I mean, he killed somebody and he's already served time. So like, he doesn't need a life sentence. I really thought the three years was fine. And like, like I, if I was a judge, I would be like, yeah. But the thing is, the whole point of prison is for, it's rehab. Re, is yeah it's to re, thank you to do reform on people and he's obviously shown that he's yeah. more than capable of being put back in those society. two years like i said he didn't he didn't buy yeah. no drugs he didn't fucking like, like he just was santa and went to church and yeah. sang in the choir like it's just like <laughs> I, I that's what i don't understand about this world it's like we do prison so people can change their ways and go back out and be normal in society. But then they have someone that actually does that, goes to prison and helps, like, does therapy and gets fixed as much as possible. And they're like, no. Yeah. But it's it's so we can't hard have to this dictate, work. like, what crime deserves to be released versus which crime doesn't. And, like, I get that, but I don't know. It's I feel like it's a case-by-case thing, you know? I yeah uh, yeah unfortunately it is free Bernie but like, right <laughs> next episode we're just shirts. gonna have like free Bernie I'll <laughs> yeah. get a little hat do you know what do you remember when you went to Wonderland and you had like the spray paint oh my uh, god yeah like that the t-shirts. yeah Bernie in the clouds kind of thing yeah oh, let's do it I'm so down for it <laughs> oh poor Bernie yeah, let me know what you think about that friends yeah we have Should a lot I of texas listener listeners too so oh we do we do i wonder if anybody knows news news knows that one if you knew about it prior also tell me your perspective yeah on it, i guess let us know what team you're on team bernie or team witch <laughs> <laughs> that's so She's mean haunt us. Yeah, oh my god i forgot to tell you guys something when i was writing this I was literally oh, writing yeah. a line about Marge being a crust and I hit backspace and then something happened where like it just kept, it wasn't even backspacing. It was almost like hitting the delete button because it was going from the bottom. Yeah, it was erasing it just the whole thing. Erasing everything. And I sent Danielle a video. I'm like, what the fuck is happening? I was like, is your key? Is the key stuck? None of my keys were stuck. Nothing was happening. It wouldn't let me exit. It wouldn't let me anything. I'm like, holy shit. Marge is like mad at me that I called yeah, her crusty. That's... She's now haunting my laptop. <laughs> She's like, fuck this bitch. I can't believe I forgot that. But yeah, it was fucking horrifying. Good news. I only lost two paragraphs. Only. We fixed it. We're here now. <laughs> that's all that matters. And Marge, you're still crusty. Yeah. We did it, bitch. Watch this episode's like completely glitched and like nothing works. Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised considering I'm sitting in my basement right now. <laughs> and I just watched you do like a full 360 rotation. <laughs> Guys, my knees are like asleep. <laughs> you, can you sit with your legs out? Yeah, but then that- I'm too short and I can't reach the microphone. <laughs> so I'm not. Oh. Uh... You need like a beanbag chair. I know. I can sit on like the rocking chair, but then I'm gonna rock. It's just not gonna <laughs> happen. Okay. Do we should we get spooky? Let's get spooky. Okay. Today we're gonna talk about the disappearances in the Bermuda Triangle. Oh shit, eh? Yeah. Sorry, I thought the moon was like shining through the door. I was like, cool moon alert, but it was just the light <laughs> from the basement. Cool light bulb. <laughs> okay, hold on, guys. I have to get comfy. Okay. <gasps> So, the Bermuda Triangle is obviously, like, very well known. Everyone covers it. 
Um, some call it like the Devil's Triangle. Tom Magazine is noted saying that between 1946 and 1991, there have been over 100 disappearances of ships and planes in this triangle. I thought you were just going to say shit. <laughs> yeah, just <laughs> hundreds of shit. Just hundreds of shits. You know, whales shit a lot and it's all just missing. <laughs> um, so the triangle is located in the Atlantic Ocean between Miami, Bermuda, and Puerto Rico. Uh, it has a range of about 500, um, wow, 500,000 square <laughs> square miles. I, <laughs> I wrote swore miles. I don't know what planet I was on. <laughs> I was like, swore <sighs> miles. What the fuck swore? <laughs> Um, so the Bermuda Triangle wasn't actually called the Bermuda Triangle until 1964. So Vincent Gaddis coined this term. He was an author and he wrote an article about all the disappearances up until that time um, that had been happening in the area. And he just coined it like the Bermuda Triangle. Um, so we're just going to talk about the incidences. Uh, do not crack your neck like that. Sorry. Like, dude, your neck's going to break. It didn't actually crack. Yes, it did. I heard it. It was a <laughs> I have this, like, really big fear that someone's going to crack their neck and, like, p- get paralyzed in front of me, and I'm not going to know what to do. <laughs> I'm just going to drop to the floor. Yeah, like, oh, I hate it. You should come with me to my chiropractor one day. No, nope, nope. That's never Monday, happened. 5 o'clock. Uh-uh. See you I'll, there. I'll be napping. I'll have my Easter dinner that day, actually. <laughs> uh, so some incidences that happened in the Bermuda Triangle. There's been, obviously, over 100. We're not talking about 100 in this episode. <laughs> Only a few. That should be our hundredth episode. We list every one from one to one hundred. <laughs> Who the fuck has time for that? Not I. Not me. So the first like weird occurrence that happened in the Bermuda Triangle was reported by none other than Christopher Columbus. Um, of course. Yeah. So it happened in 1492 when he was on his way to hostily take over America. Um, <laughs> so during his voyage, it is said that their compass would um, always like malfunction once they were in like the triangle. And there was also lights hovering over the water. Columbus also said that there was what looked like a fireball in the sky. Um, and then the fireball, like, flew down into the sea. Which is like, dude, it's a meteor, so chill out. <laughs> <laughs> you fucking idiot. <laughs> oh, God. The roast of Christopher Columbus. <laughs> um I think that was, like, the world's very first fuck-up. It's, like, there's been so many disappearances in the triangle and you couldn't fucking take out that asshole. Like, (laughs) come on. I was just thinking that, like, imagine if the triangle took him out. Like, everything would be so different. Right? Imagine. But here we are. Um, (laughs) (laughs) We're just roasting him on the podcast instead. Um, So then on March 4th, 1918, the USS Cyclops, which was a fuel ship for the Navy, disappeared somewhere near Barbados. Uh, So the ship wasn't alone, like just wandering in the ocean. There was over 100 other Navy ships in the area, but this one was the only one that disappeared and no one saw a thing. There was never a distress signal sent and the ship was equipped, equipped to do so. And no one on board would answer any of the radio calls. So there was over 300 crew members on the ship when it disappeared. What is weird to me is that in 1941, the U- the USS Cyclops sister ship, so two of them, both went missing near the same route and also were oh. never found. Yeah. Interesting. Isn't that weird? Um, so the next, like, really, really weird case that makes this, I, like, to me, this is, like, what highlights the Bermuda Triangle. Um, we're going to talk about Flight 19. Um, on December 5th, 1945, at 2.10 p.m., five TBM Avenger torpedo bombers left Florida on a routine training exercise. So they're like, you know those like really old school, like they're called like the Iron Bird planes? Yeah, like the glass kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. Like World War Two, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so the weather was... Oh like in Pearl Harbor. Yeah. Aww. 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 Danny. Aww. Danielle has, like, no feelings, but she fucking loves Pearl Harbor. I do. And I have seen her cry during <laughs> Pearl Harbor. <laughs> it just, it hits me in all the right I spots. I cry every time. It it's does. such a long movie, though. Jeez. Mm-mm. I think I only really like it because of Josh Hartnett's, like, the biggest so babe. gorgeous. Oh, my God. Yeah. Just pulls up those heartstrings, you know? Um, so the weather was recorded to be fair that day and clear, which is important to note. 
Altogether, there was 14 men, and it was led by Charles Taylor, who was a Navy lieutenant and, like, their training instructor. Uh, so now this was way before GPS existed, so pilots used their compass, and apparently their compasses were all malfunctioning and they got lost um, once they hit this triangle. One of the pilots sent out an emergency transmission, and it was picked up by a nearby control tower. Wow, I'm an idiot. I put control town. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and I I wrote this. Did you write this this morning or last night? No, like last week. And I apparently just didn't go over it. Um. So they. So it was picked up by a nearby uh, control tower, and the transmission. The trans. Fuck me. The transmission <laughs> says, and I quote: "We can't find west. Everything is wrong. We can't be sure of any direction. Everything looks strange, even the ocean." After that, about twenty minutes later, the group sent out the very last transmission and it was done by lieutenant taylor and he says and i quote we can't make out anything we think we may be 225 miles northeast of base it looks like we are entering white water we are completely lost so as i said that was the last voice radio transmission and again transmission is very eerie um so a pbm marner flying boat so it's just one of those like big planes that can like land in the water mm-hmm. went out to find the crew and so like basically a rescue mission it had 13 crew on board this plane boat had radioed the control tower once while up in the air and then it went missing oh wow there was a huge like there was a huge like weeks long search for all of the missing planes and the crew and nothing was ever found not a plane not a person no debris nothing um in the report on the incident from the actual navy it states and i quote we are not even able to make a good guess as to what happened it is yeah it is also reported that the navy declared and i quote it as if they had flown to mars holy shit so that's (laughs) they've never found anything like there was nothing and it was like clear skies like it was supposed to be good weather but it, remember, it is in, we'll get to theories on what the Bermuda Triangle is, but remember, it's technically, like, in the tropics. So, like, yeah. you get all those weird storms. But, yeah, no, like, not even, like, like, any, like even, like, a tip of a plane wing or something. Yeah. Nothing. That's so fucking Isn't that weird? weird? And the transmissions are weird when the guy was just, like, everything looks strange, even the ocean. The, yeah, that's what creeped me out, is what does like, the, the ocean look yeah, like? <laughs> like, what are you talking about? I want to know more. <laughs> so another uh, happening was on December 28th, 1948, an airplane with 26 people disappeared over the triangle. It was headed to Florida. Um, so it was kind of more like a private plane. Um, yeah. So like the one before, this was never, uh, it never sent out a, dr- a distress signal. The last thing received from this plane was a radio call to update their position and that they were 20 minutes away from the airport. Uh, rescue mission was attempted, but again, nothing turned up. In October 1951, another Navy ship called the Southern Districts di- disappeared in the Triangle. The ship was one of those like really long like landing ships for planes. Yeah. Um, it was last seen near the, near the triangle, and then it kind of just vanished. Um, so could you imagine... The whole ship. The whole ship just vanished. Could you imagine That's being, like, like you're in the plane, like, getting ready to land, and then you're, like, flying, you're like, there. where the yeah. fuck is it? Like, yeah. Where's my boat? <laughs> <laughs> you just keep circling and hope for the best? Like, <laughs> like, fine, I guess I'll just run out of fuel. It's fine. This also reminded me, you know the boat that's in Niagara Falls? It like, moved. In the Niagara River? It's fucking falling. Yeah. Like, it's it's going to disappear. It's going bye-bye. The last time I went to the falls I, was when it first moved because there was, like, a horrific windstorm. And, yeah. like, we went to see it the day after it moved. Yeah. And now it's just, like, this, I feel like I'm part of Canadian history, you know? I hope we get to, like, watch it <laughs> fall over the falls. Like, not in person, but, like, someone, like, you can video. Yeah. Through. It's going to be crazy. It'll be wild, man. Absolutely wild. As I say, well, just I yawn. little Canadian things. <laughs> <laughs> um, honestly, I didn't even know. I've I've been to Niagara Falls so many times. I've never seen the boat. I didn't know it was there until everyone's like, "It moved." It's on like I was the, like, like what far side? Like it's not uh, where we would normally walk to. It's like further up, away from the hill. Yeah, yeah. I'm not fucking walking up there. Screw that. Yeah. Um, Our hotel was just there. <laughs> yeah, you're like, it, it worked. It was there. <laughs> um. So again, nothing heard from this ship, and no distress call. The only thing they have for this ship was four years later in 1955, a life vest was found off the coast of Florida. And it, the only reason why they knew it was that the life vest for the ship is because it had the ship's name on the top of it. Oh, shit. Yeah. Um, 
And it's also crazy that, like, the life vest did its job. It's just, like, floating in the water for, like, four years. <laughs> didn't take the human with it. Yeah, it was just like, this is fine, guys. <laughs> Doing my job. That's me at work. That's what I was thinking, too. Like, life life vests, or wait, lifeboat? No, life vest. Life vests, like, clothes and stuff would come to the surface. Like, so many things would come to the surface. Yeah. And nothing did. Not a thing. Over 100 disappearances with no explanation. Um, just one life vest. Just one. <laughs> That's it. Um, so on December, there's a lot of Decembers in here. On December 22nd, 1967, a small personal boat went missing. The boat was called, oh, I like this. The boat was called the Witchcraft. Oh. Yeah. It had only two men on board and one of them being Dan Burak. Now this case, now this case, there was actually a call from Dan to the Coast Guard. Apparently they had hit something in the water and needed a tow back. Um, it's reported that Dan was damn fuck. Dan was <laughs> extremely calm and never said that the boat was like taking on water or sinking. It's just that they hit something and their boat wasn't working. Um, now this boat was apparently also unsinkable, but like we've heard that before, cost off Titanic. <laughs> <laughs> um, so apparently this boat was uh, built with like a flotation device in the hull of the boat. So mm-hmm. if the boat took on water and filled up, this device would still manage to keep part of the boat like upright. So it would never actually sink. It would just kind of like okay bounce in the water. Um, the b- I have a feeling it didn't work though. No, it did not. <laughs> The boat was also equipped with flares, life jackets, and the seat cushions were made to be floatable. So if the boat... Oh, smart. Yeah, so the boat, like, actually sank or part of it, the seat cushions would come off because they, they float. Um, when the Coast Guard had arrived to pull them back to shore, the boat, Dan, and his friend were gone. Not a trace found. Like, if the boat sank, yeah, but everything in the on the boat was supposed to be floatable and there was nothing. Yeah, the, the seats and everything, everything. Nothing came up. Nothing. Absolutely Nothing. So, those were just some of the, I found, like, to be the most weird disappearances. Yeah. Especially, like, that Flight 19. That fucked me up. I don't, I want to listen to that. I'm going to listen to that when we're done. Yeah, it's, it's fucking creepy. I'm not going to sleep after, but that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just sad, because that's, like, the, their last voices that you hear, right? Yeah. I'm like, Ugh, I don't like that. Um, so, we're going to jump into some theories. There's a shit ton of theories, but I'm only going to focus on four. Um, so, one is just Mother Nature, because she's a bitch yeah yeah um so again it's just it's a disaster area in terms of mother nature it's in the tropics so hurricanes are common you can have like the the water spouts even Um, like a like normal rainstorm like it's i know you mentioned florida i went to florida once and we got caught in the rain there and it was like it's terrifying and nobody was reacting except me and steph you're you're gonna die (laughs) um and there's also extremely deep trenches in the triangle like deeper like probably or just as deep as like the marianas trench um where ships and planes can definitely like essentially just disappear yeah um it's also said that the disappearances in the triangle don't happen more often than any other place in the world it's just that it's just so popular in the world that everyone kind of like that makes me scared that there's so many disappearances (laughs) that's the thing it's like so people are saying that these like there's disappearance all over the world and you just aren't paying attention to it because everyone's focusing on the Bermuda Triangle. But there's so many, like, flights and boats that go through with no issues. So weird. So weird. Um, so the next theory is Atlantis. Because why the fuck not? Oh, yeah. I haven't heard that. Yeah. That's fun. So Atlantis was written um, by Plato. Is that his name? Plato? Yeah. Yeah. We're going to go with it. Yeah. And they were... So apparently this huge empire that sunk to the bottom of the ocean. Uh, people believe that every plane and ship and all the people who have gone missing in this triangle are now residing in Atlantis. Um, Charles Berlitz, who is an author, theorized that Atlantis itself was actually sunk because of the Bermuda Triangle. Um, oh. Yeah, like it was in it and then it, it sunk because of it. And now the place is under the sea and actually thriving because they had such crazy technology. And Atlantis is actually like sinking these ships and like planes down and like just building That's an empire. Fascinating. Right? I haven't heard that theory. Yeah. That's kind of, I like that. Because Atlantis apparently had like this unreal technology that yeah. shouldn't have been a thing back then and they'd had it. So. I think they're still living under there. I think they're fine. I know. Have we not seen the movie Atlantis, guys? <laughs> <laughs> I, I watched it when I was a kid, but I don't really remember it. Like, I remember what all of the characters look like and everything. Yeah. Could not tell you the plot. It's pretty good. I mean, I just remember the worm it. guy. 
really. I just always think of like the Atlantis Resort in the Bahamas and that like big slide. Oh my god, yes, through like the sharks and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, So the next theory is a black hole. So this theory says that the Bermuda Triangle is actually a type of black hole that leads like everything into like another universe. Which is a fairy theory because black holes definitely exist and we all know this. Yeah. Um, there is an incident that happened where a pilot basically lost time and it could be definitely because of this black hole. So Bruce Gernon was flying over the triangle when his plane went through a sort of like white fog or like haze. Um, just like Flight 19 when they said everything is like mm-hmm. foggy, hazy, white. Um, and the plane's compass stopped working and he said he entered into like what he called like an electric, an electric fog of sorts. Bruce said he was flying blind for about three minutes when he got a radio call saying he was flying over Miami. He looked down at his watch and it showed that he'd been flying for about 40 minutes. However, yeah, this is weird. However, the distance he traveled would have actually put him at 90 minutes of flying and not 40. So he actually lost time aliens black hole black hole black hole but also aliens it could that's my next theory (laughs) but like yeah um but yeah black hole because so they think that he might have flew like flew through a black hole and then just exited in the same area wild yeah and that's how he lost he did time. a yui in a black hole basically <laughs> literally he's like nah we're going back guys <laughs> holly's driving turn <laughs> <laughs> i'll have you know i have yet to pull a yui actually it's a lie fucking i did one i do yui's when, all the time yeah mm-hmm. they've built a starbucks at the top of our street but you can't turn like to go back to our house you have to turn down the other way and go all the way around the block yeah fuck that so i just pulled the yui once yeah there was no one around i was like eh. also i like that you drove up to the starbucks and then drove i was on my way home oh. from something it wasn't yeah it wasn't yeah you're like i'm just walk. gonna walk up i'm not gonna walk yeah. up like it's like a three minute walk i would also hate myself yeah. if i did that i would also drive though because fuck that <laughs> um so no i would drive in the snow i hate driving in the snow i mean i'll do it but like it's better than walking in the snow <laughs> yeah i'm gonna get an uber uber me some starbucks <laughs> uber eats yeah <laughs> Um, so the next theory is UFOs. So as Holly said, they are in the ocean, everyone, not in the sky. Yes. We are looking in the wrong place. Um, in 2014, there was a carnival cruise, which, guys, we can't trust anyone on a carnival cruise, (laughs) Um, (laughs) passing through the triangle and two passengers on board reported seeing a UFO fly over the ship in broad daylight. There is a video. Um, yeah, so go Google it because we can't post it. Um, but to me, the video the kind of just looks like a drone. <laughs> so <laughs> just a bunch of drunk people on a cruise screaming oh, at a wow. drone. Yeah, <laughs> it's like I could understand why someone would be like, "That's weird," but it looks like one of those really, really that's big. Suspicious. That's suspicious. <laughs> that's weird. <laughs> oh god, oh, I love sorry. Cardi B so much. You too. <laughs> um. But, yeah, like, it just looks like one of those really big, like, expensive-ass drones where it's, like, yeah. there's, like six cameras on them and they're huge. Mm-hmm. Whereas people, like, look at the drones that you can buy in the store. It looks like a little mini airplane. These expensive-ass drones are something else. They look weird. And this is what it looks like. So these people on the Carnival Cruise, like, with the worst drinks yeah. in the world, are like, oh, my God, guys. There's 2021 a- or 2014? 14 there's another one in 2021 apparently oh was there wow yeah i'm not sure about that one. Oh my god it's a fucking drone it's a drone guys <laughs> <laughs> isn't that embarrassing they're like oh my god Aww. an alien it's a drone it's like so square yeah oh and you really think the aliens are really gonna give themselves up that quick to people on a carnival in cruise broad daylight come on i keep roasting carnival cruise but like come on have you been on a carnival cruise? Are you bitter? No, they're just terrible. <laughs> <laughs> they like shut down and like make people poop in the hallway and like they're a shit cruise. What? Yeah. They're the cruise that like like what it's they broke down or whatever and people were like shitting in like the hallway and shit and like I'm pretty sure it was a carnival <sighs> cruise, yeah. Is this part of like that twenty twenty like 
bingo card of things that happened. Oh, fuck, probably. I'm sure yeah, there's been more than one. I remember something about that. That's fucking wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Cruise ships in general sound like a nightmare to me. I would but. never <laughs> waste my money on a cruise ship. It just sounds like claustrophobia on the sea, yeah. you know? Like- <laughs> like, I get seasick, so it's not happening. Yeah. Um. So, actually, there is a theory regarding the UFOs that there is actually an underwater Area 51 um oh they people theorize that it's actually yeah it's actually run by the navy and its base or its secret base is close to bermuda but it's actually under the water that's fun yeah that'd be kind of cool because the aliens are in the ocean the ocean of course they would set up a base there yeah and like if they're in the ocean they could be on in one of those like deep ass fucking trenches in the the this triangle hell yeah sucking down fucking ships and planes i'm just and saying shit. the deeper you go in the ocean the weirder shit gets yeah Have you ever seen a blobfish no <laughs> google it it's i'm gonna google horrifying. it right now let's see a blob it looks like a yeah b-l-o-b it looks like god's rejected creation oh my god what is the use of this fish? <laughs> to blob. <laughs> Blobber's gonna blob. <laughs> it's just like, what can we do with this? Let's just stick it at the bottom Doesn't of the ocean. Doesn't it look like it was is... almost supposed to be a human, though? Yeah. Like, like something happened where it didn't quite, like... Guys, I was starting to do clay stuff, and that's what my clay looked like. It was a blobfish. <laughs> oh my god, can I have one of them? Do you still have them? I do have a lot, actually. <laughs> I would love a clay blobfish. Like, do people actually have, like, besides, like, the one picture that I see, like... I think it was only the one, and to be honest, it could be fake for all I know, but it's just always a thing I've associated with sea aliens. (laughs) The the, um, article headline is here, in defense of the blobfish, why the world's ugliest animal isn't as ugly as you think. (laughs) (laughs) I wrote that article. (laughs) It's so sad. Oh. The blobfish can be our mascot. <laughs> I love it. It fits in. It's fine. Oh, I'm dying. God, we just have such a hard time staying on topic. You know what's really funny, though? That we're like, like, the ocean has, like, the craziest trenches. You can't get down there. Like, there's UFOs down there. Shit goes missing. Blah, blah, blah. And they're like, you have no idea what's down there. And, like, you know what's down there? A blob- blobfish. A blobfish? Like, <laughs> dude it looks alien like it does it looks like and an then alien like the in a bioluminescence and stuff all the fish that glow yeah Have like the simpsons that? <laughs> <laughs> did you make a mr bird yeah i did <laughs> bees oh uh, wild guys <laughs> I just, I just love how like everyone's so scared of the fucking deep ass ocean, and then it's just the blobfish just the chilling blobfish. down there. It's just like, guys, stop. That's just the the first thing I associate with sea aliens yeah, is the blobfish because it just don't look right, you know. It just wants everyone to come with... hang out, and everyone's just too scared. The the one with the the lamp. Oh yeah, and it too. tracks fish. That, that looks like an alien. Yeah, has like the crazy ass fucking teeth. Yeah, yeah, that's not right. Ocean aliens ocean aliens not ancient aliens guys ocean aliens (laughs) (laughs) they have it wrong we need to make a meme like the guy with the hair oh my god yes aliens (laughs) (laughs) we're just we're gonna picture my dad doing it (laughs) (laughs) because his hair is nuts when he doesn't like cut his hair guys wow he's a wild yeah he looks like um doc is that where river gets it from probably his little pineapple head (laughs) yeah he looks like doc from freaking back to the future Oh my god, that's funny. Yeah, that's that's all I got, guys. Oh, my legs sleep. Oh my god, <laughs> we've just—it's literally just been doing all night chatting for the last five minutes. Oops, I, it's <laughs> my podcast, and I can do what I want. <laughs> Come hang out with us. What is your Bermuda Triangle theory? What's your favorite creepy story from the Bermuda Triangle? And hashtag free Bernie. Yeah, are we all supporting <laughs> Bernie, or are we all supporting Bernie? Those are the two options you have. <laughs> Come hang out with us on Instagram. It's a spooky hour podcast. Our Twitter's at spooky hour, and our email is the spooky hour podcast six 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 at gmail dot com. We should try to get the Instagram handle the spooky hour podcast so we can stop confusing everybody. Was there a reason we didn't? Yeah, someone fucking took it, and like they don't even post shit. We'll figure that out. We're gonna take that back. Yeah. In the meantime, stay spooky, friends. Stay spooky. Bye. Bye.